Hi guys, Ben here. Just a quick disclaimer, the following episode includes some controversial themes and some unpopular opinions as well as a very small amount of bad language. This is also my first ever podcast so please bear with me because there are some uh, technical difficulties let's say with mainly the audio at a certain point you'll see when and I also I don't really want to pick at my own uh, work too much but yeah it's I think it's maybe a tad too long I, you, you, I mean you can watch it I think it's very interesting I think we cover a, a lot I think it probably does need to be this long just in order to cover everything and I'm waffling on now so I should probably stop yeah that's it that's all I've really got to say about it as well as if you're watching on YouTube brace yourself because at the moment my hair is cut uh, but we shot this pre-lockdown uh, haircut so I have got my lockdown hair so for the rest of this thing it's going to be bad on the eyes so if you're listening on Spotify or if you're just listening to the podcast then you should probably count yourself lucky because if you're watching it on YouTube you're about to be scarred by my lockdown hair and I do apologise for that Anyway, I'm going to stop waffling on now. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the first ever topical podcast. If you've been living under a rock for the last three months, then you probably feel the exact same as the rest of us, as we've all been stuck inside trying to keep safe from one of the biggest global pandemics of a generation. Of course, I'm talking about the coronavirus. Coronavirus. The coronavirus. Coronavirus or... COVID-19, as the kids call it. I'm sure a lot of you are, are, are feeling frightened, you feel vulnerable. The coronavirus is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. And this country is not alone. All over the world, we're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. Handle it catastrophically wrong. Is it all a conspiracy? That's mad. That is mad. He cannot tell you to stay inside. That's probably one of the most left-wing decisions <laughs> from a right-wing government yeah. ever. The way they feel entitled, like they have a right to be there. Yeah. We don't, I mean, we're open because we need to make money, essentially. Welcome to the first ever topical podcast. Today we will be discussing uh, the coronavirus in detail and answering questions like uh, did the media make it worse, are China to blame and is it all just a big conspiracy theory. Uh, but before we get into all that I'd like to welcome my first ever guest to the podcast, Danica. Yeah so uh, I mean how's your lockdown been? been all right actually um i've started a lot of new things i've started painting again i've been baking yeah i've been up to a lot yeah well obviously we i did that video on my yeah uh lockdown series where you and brad did your thing yeah did you not enjoy that no i enjoyed it it was the knitting part was a bit <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're starting starting your own yeah i've started well i've i've joined a business called tropic um, which is like a skincare business. That's really exciting. I'm ambassador for them now. Yeah, we'll be hearing more about Tropic later, so make sure you stick around for that. Um, when it comes down to actually discussing this topic, I mean, it can be quite controversial. So we're going to do our best to provide the facts. Uh, some bits will be opinionated but it's more for the sake of debate so if you find us giving a really controversial opinion we're probably just playing devil's advocate just for the sake of debate or conversation 
Um, I think that's everything we need to clear up before we make a start. Just like disclaim it, just disclaimers really. So uh, let's make a start. So what I've got in front of me, I'm not gonna lie and pretend like I've remembered all these things off the top of my head. I have got fact sheets uh, in front of me just so I don't get anything wrong. Obviously it's very uh, up to date, this topic. So it is changing day by day and we're probably filming this about a week before it's release. So I'll run through the facts, but just bear in mind that they will change and they will have changed by the time we're ready for uploading. Okay, so what is the coronavirus? What do you know about the coronavirus then? Um, well, it's a strain of, of a virus. It's not, there's not one particular coronavirus and we're, we've got at the moment COVID-19. We've got coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, not, that's not a thing. No, it's not. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it started in well, it came it started in December, but it came here in like late January, and we've been stuck inside. We think since. it came here in late January. Okay. I mean, we don't we don't. That's when they're saying we were looking at a serious like yeah growth of a pandemic. Okay. I mean, I've got here that the coronavirus is exactly that. It is a family of viruses that cause disease in animals. Seven, including the new virus, have made the jump into humans, but most cause the common cold-like symptoms. The problem with this one is that the symptoms go unseen most of the time, which explains why it's been able to travel the world as it has, because people don't realise they're carrying it and they're passing it on. Um, so... Uh, coronavirus disease 2019 or COVID-19 as a lot of people I didn't know that that that's actually did you know that that it's actually it's like an abbreviation didn't didn't realize that uh, but yeah that sort of explains its huge global spread yeah uh, that makes it also very hard to control as well so as of recording this podcast there has been 11,301,850 people that have tested positive for coronavirus. Out of them, 500,000, well, 531,806 have died. Uh, in terms of the UK numbers, well, let's, let's discuss the overall numbers so far because there's a lot of what they're calling pandemics, epidemics, that people are, like people have become more aware of now after this one um so we've got mers and sars and again it comes down to the reason why this is so big is because it's not necessarily as deadly as mers and sars so i mean the panic was up with those ones everybody thought the world was going to end i mean we'll get into the media later but should have there been more of a urgency to do something with this disease to be honest i think that the urgency was there and it was just up to different governments and people if they listen to it or not i think that one of the other reasons that it spread so far is because we're living in such like a globalized world and so the, the thousands of miles between us and china just means nothing you may no, as well yeah, be next door so you know you talk about us being an island so that protects us but it really you know to an extent but in this world it doesn't really because one flight away and you you're in a different country well i mean that is really interesting because we'll get into some case studies in a bit but we've got islands we've got like new zealand and taiwan that we can look at and their numbers are staggering and it makes you wonder whether actually the geographical location of a country is the biggest playing factor in how fast the disease has been able to spread how many people it's been able to kill mm -hmm. 
Uh, so let's talk about the UK because that's where we're from. That's what we want to discuss. That's the main. That's the main argument we're going with today. Have we, as a country, managed to deal with this very well? So um, in the UK, two hundred and eighty-four thousand two hundred and seventy-six people have tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, out of those, forty-four thousand one hundred and thirty-one people have died. Uh, and that makes the UK uh, the country with the fourth highest death, death toll. And that is behind Russia, which is third, Brazil, which is second, and the United States, which is first. That's mad. It is mad. You think about the size of those other three countries. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's insane. I think as a percentage, we're, we're even further up there because... You know, it's easy to say there's this many people in this country that have died, but you're right, when you look at the scale and the size of our country compared to the USA. I mean, the USA, Brazil, Russia, they're all so much bigger yeah. than we are in. But, I mean, we're, we're a big population for a small yeah. country, really. Because we, I always forget how small we are. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take that long. I feel like it's a long time to travel from one end of the country to the other. Mm-hmm. Um but that's not, like, it's not a very long distance, really. We're looking at about a thousand miles from head to toe, I think. So it's really not very big. And there's 65, roughly, million people in our country. That's Northern Ireland, not including Southern Ireland. Um, so we've got, uh, break it down into the different parts of uh, the UK. We've got uh, in Northern Ireland, there's been 522 deaths. In Wales, there's been uh, 1,525 deaths. In Scotland, there's been 2,487. And in England, there has been 39,567 deaths. Now you're shaking your head. Why are you shaking your head? Because that is an insane yeah. number compared to the other three. I mean, I think you have to take into account that both Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales are, you know, for the majority, they've got much more rural areas than we have. You know, we've got a much denser population. I've got the popula- I've got population stats, if you want me to give you that. Yeah. So in Northern Ireland, the population is 1.8 million. In Wales, it's 3.2 million. In Scotland, it's 5.5 million. However, in England, it's 56.2 million. Exactly. So it speaks for itself and you can see, like... You can see why those numbers yeah. are so much higher in England because the population's bigger. So yeah, I mean, we can defend it. We've all got different governments who have all decided to do different things. Um, they're not all they're not all taking the same opinion and the same approach. Uh, I mean, it's when you come when it comes to population density, which I think is a massive factor. But we'll counter argue that again later with Taiwan. Um, London's population is 9.3 million. That's that's big. It's verging on one of the world's megacities. And that alone is almost bigger than the whole of Northern Ireland, Wales and Scotland's total populations put together. And that's just London. Yeah. So it's pretty big. The population density in London, in central London, is... Uh, 14,550 people per square kilometre. Now, if we think about the house that I'm sat in, we've got, we've got this little area. What would, what would you, I, as an estimation, because you're talking about household and then people per household. 
I couldn't tell you. But the scale of London, I just can't figure out in my head. It's insane. I reckon there's a couple hundred people, maybe 200 to 300 people in this square kilometre around where we're sat now. Which is weird, I've never thought about that before. That's quite yeah. a lot of people, really. If you were to take yeah. that into account, like, and average it over the whole country. Because that London statistic will be averaged for the English popu like population yeah. density. That'll be averaged over the whole country. Because yeah. obviously there's some places where you'll go two or three miles between houses. So, um, but to compare Edinburgh, which um, is Scotland's most populated... Uh, the population density is only 1,830 people. So I think, really, should we be talking about the UK as a whole? Because the video, the whole podcast is titled around whether the UK did a good job. I think the first thing we should really consider is whether we should talk about Wales, Ireland and Scotland or whether we should put our focus more onto England because we're talking about the English government first and foremost. They've got different governments. And I mean the populations. It's just impossible to compare. It's not fair, is it really? I think we're best to compare, you know, similar population sizes and you know across the across the globe. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, so it wouldn't be fair really to compare mm. England. All right, so let's have a look at other countries across the globe and see how they've done. We'll look at their strategies. We've got quotes from the world leaders as well, which should make it interesting uh, because there are some interesting world leaders out there at the moment. So we've both got our sheet. Uh, so we'll start with Brazil. I mean, uh, I mean, the quote is just shocking. It's probably a good place to start. You read the quote. So this is the quote from, I can't, do you want to pronounce, do you know how to pronounce the name? I say Jair Bolsonaro. We'll go with that. Um. <laughs> um, she said, or he, no, he said, it's raining, we're going to get wet and some are going to drown in the rain. In reference to the virus being like rain. Well, I mean, it's a good job the virus isn't like rain, otherwise we'd all be dead, especially in this country. Um, the incompetence of a world leader there. It makes you wonder whether it is a conspiracy. Like, it's a joke question whether it's a conspiracy, but they, he's literally just letting people die there. Their death toll is 63,254 people. It's their job to make it, to take this seriously. It whether it ends up being, uh, you know, at this point it might, I don't know when this was said, but, you know, at this point it might not have been declared a pandemic or anything like that but it's their job to to take these hints seriously and it's just shocking it is shocking that quote is terrible because it means that they've acknowledged that it's something that's bad and they're just like that's it's literally like i mean it's, it's, it's knocking it's, it down really yeah it is, the it's shocking. It is. okay let's move on to the next one because we know brazil I mean, yeah, we know Brazil's not done yeah. good. They are, I can't remember what I said now, the third or second in total deaths. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we've got, do you know how to pronounce this one? I can do the last name. Uh, i just say Frederiksen. Yeah, let's go for Frederiksen. Um, on the 11th of March, the coronavirus was deemed a pandemic. 
Uh, two days later, she closed the country's borders and soon after, she closed the nurseries, schools and banned gatherings of more than 10 people. Uh, the death toll uh, due to the coronavirus in Denmark uh, now stands under 250 deaths. Is that an argument for how we should really be looking at approaching this in the future? I think so, because I think when you get these warnings from other countries, when these world leaders, leading by example, get these warnings, they should. the first thing they should do is take these drastic measures. And yes, it affects the economy, and that is a massive thing to take into consideration, but it's about the long-term plans. She's thinking, I think, there, if she closes it all pretty quickly, then she can open it up quicker, and it will have a smaller effect, like it has, a, ta- a really minuscule effect on that country and the economy can be back up and running. Whereas if you let it affect your country, it's just gonna affect it in the long run. So you reckon we've sat in lockdown for longer because they didn't close the borders and stuff? Yeah. I'd agree with that. I mean, I don't actually have the statistic, but if anybody in the comments wants to let us know when Denmark came out of lockdown, that'd be really interesting. And the hit to their uh, economy would also be really interesting. If anybody would wanna drop that in the comments, I'll, Love hearted, so it sits at the top. Um, next, <laughs> this has got to be the most interesting one because, <sighs> all right, we're talking about Donald Trump. The, the, I'll let you read the quote because I think it'll be funnier when you read it because I've read it and just reading it at the same time as saying it will be quite interesting. Go on, you can read the quote. In late February, he said the virus would disappear, but in March said he'd always known it would be a pandemic. Yeah, it's good old Donald. He always knows. He knew. He knew from the start, and that's why they don't have anywhere near as many deaths as the rest of the world then. Oh, no, they do. I mean, that's in that man's hands, in my opinion. It's just beyond laughable now. Like, it's... You know, I feel like, you know, when he was in the running for the election and when he first got elected, it was all, you know, quite funny and laughable. How can they elect him? And then when you're faced with something like a global, well, a pandemic... It's right at the end of his term as well. It's just... It's... There's just... You just get to be just speechless at how we can handle it. I don't think many people in the world would handle it the way that he has. His strong opinions are, you know one thing on, on you know whatever subject whatever topic you it is but in terms of the coronavirus there's you know the facts are people are dying you'd expect him to take at least that seriously when his you as know, soon as one person dies it's exactly it's serious because exactly. it can then it's then proven that it's, it's got the ability to kill somebody yeah absolutely i mean the facts so Throughout the pandemic, Trump has made vast amounts of statements reassuring the public that he has the virus under control, however downplays it entirely. By the end of March, only 32 out of the 50 states had locked down. Trump had suggested injecting people with antibacterial uh, and taking a random malaria drug to cure coronavirus because he has been right a lot. That's in quotation marks. Yeah. being right a lot i think with a leader in a situation like this you want a balance of someone who's gonna be straight to the point with you and tell you how it is you know but not to the point of some are going to drown in the rain 
or and also, I'm right, so... Exactly, someone who's going to reassure you. You don't. That's just two ends of the spectrum there, and I just think it's it's shocking. Yeah, I think those two especially should really feel responsible. This is what they're going to go down in history for. They're going to be the, yeah. the leaders of that country during the time of the coronavirus pandemic. And do we think they, they did a good job? I mean, in terms of Brazil and the USA, it speaks for itself. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it just... It makes, you, it makes me feel lucky because mm -hmm. I was born in a place that just doesn't have... I, I would call it corrupt, really. Yeah. Because it's just not fair on the people. They're not looking after the people. Their sole job is to look after the people and they're just not doing the job properly. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, what, what's next? I think we're starting to look at a few more of the better ones. So... You know how to pronounce this. That that's. The... Don't ask me to pronounce that. <laughs> We're not going to pronounce that name. This is the president, prime minister. I'll tell you. China's leader. Um, so, initially, China covered up the emergence of coronavirus, which could have made the virus easier to contain if they alerted other countries sooner. However, they quarantined millions in Wuhan and put uh, the spread of COVID nineteen in China at a halt, which we know they did from November, December mm -hmm. until it broke out. So they actually did a pretty decent job to control it for the time that they did. Um, according to record, uh, recorded figures, we know China's population is over a billion, about 1.3 billion. Apparently only 4,364 people in China where it was like created essentially where it mutated into humans have died from the disease only 4,364 uh, 4, in their 1.3 billion people big population their death toll is below 5,000 uh, there's a number of reasons this could be oh the dog's going mental there's a number of reasons this could be and that is um, they, they just didn't record the figures because it was hard. It was hard to. It's hard to tell mm -hmm. what what's killing people when it's just it's like an it's an invisible killer yeah. essentially. Um, and then I mean the other reason is that they're just corrupt and they haven't shared their proper figures with anybody. But I think it's more likely that they just didn't record the figures properly. Yeah. In all honesty. Mm -hmm. um, they have no, they have no need to really. They they don't want to cooperate with the rest of the world. They you know they don't have a reason to share those figures or to record them. They don't want it to see. They I don't want it to tricky, see it's their fault. I think it's a tricky one. No, they don't want it to look like it's their fault. I mean, we've got here that new studies show that the death rate in China could have been fourteen times bigger than that number four thousand three hundred sixty-four than they recorded. Mm -hmm. But that is that is. Did they record more and are they not telling people or... I shouldn't they recorded it. I don't think they recorded it either. I mean, it was invisible to start with. But I feel we, like we all have, every country has a duty to record those those deaths because that's so important for the rest of the world on how they handle it. Yeah, of course it is. And they just don't care. Uh, New Zealand, which was one of the better ones. Mm -hmm. um, again, not a... Not a uh, leader's name that I can pronounce unless you want to give it a go. I'll just say Arden. Okay. 
so New Zealand locked down uh, on March 25th, which was two days after us, and there have been 22 deaths in New Zealand. Uh, Arden has shown to be uh, good in crisis, as she knows during the Christchurch attacks and the eruption of Wakari, White Island. That's pretty good. 22 deaths. I mean, no deaths, you know, I, mean, I don't want to say it's impressive. Yeah, it's not, it's no not impressive. deaths are good, but, you know, they've they smashed it, basically. I mean, I, I did further research into that, and I had a look at the population of New Zealand, which is 4.8 million people. Yeah. And it is also one of the most sparsely populated with only 18 people per square kilometer. And when we were talking about us being sat in this house now, there's easily more than 18 people in the houses around me, yeah. let alone the kilometer square yeah. around me. So yeah, that's that's probably, I think that's what's done it for New Zealand more than anything. Yeah. Um, they locked down two days after us, and I feel like we locked down late, mm -hmm. but we were in Europe, which was the epicenter of the yeah. outbreak. For and I don't time. know when the first case was in New Zealand, do you? I uh, don't know. Because it's all relative to when the first case was. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And if anybody knows that, maybe there's someone from New Zealand watching who wants to give us some more information. Anybody that gives us information uh, that's relevant, I'll love heart that, and that can sit at the top of the comments for everybody else to see. All right, so... Let's move on to. No, let's just, let's not try. <laughs> let's not try that it. one. Uh, but yeah, Taiwan. Uh, so prisoners have been making masks. In, it's an interesting strategy in Taiwan. I didn't um, know that actually. I mean, I think it's interesting. Would it make you a bit nervous if prisoners were making masks? I mean, I'm sure they'd do a good job. What could, what could go wrong? I'm sure they'd be regulated. You know, they must. Well, I don't know how Taiwan works. Yeah. I don't know much about the country, but it's a good strategy. I think it gives mm. it. It's it's working towards a positive solution instead of just letting the prisoners sit there. Especially when in the prisons, which most people probably haven't thought about, the prisoners have got to be kept two meters distance as well it's from the guards as well. These are well, people that don't this... normally want to like so, yeah. follow the rules are now having to make that effort to follow the rules i think there's been there's been disruption in prisons everywhere because families haven't been allowed to come in and visit and things so at least this is at least they're doing something you know taiwan have used to do something productive I suppose. yeah definitely so taiwan's uh, close economic and cultural correlations should have made it extremely susceptible susceptible to the coronavirus, yet it has seven deaths and only 448, wait, oh. 448 cases will that be? I think that's supposed to be 448 cases. Uh, after the SARS crisis, uh, Taiwan became uh, quite prepared and now they have an ep epidemiologist. Thanks. <laughs> As a vice president, so that explains a lot. And what is mo probably the most fascinating thing about when we're comparing all these other countries is Taiwan's population is 23.78 million people. It's not, it's about half, just under half the population of the UK yeah. or half the population of England. It's smaller than England, I think, in its size. It's an island like New Zealand, mm -hmm. but its population density is 673 people per kilometre squared. That's a lot of people to be crammed in You'd struggle to keep your distance. 
with that many people in that space, they're going to be living in higher, like a lot like in London, but high rise buildings, you're not going to be able to keep your distance. No. Really. That disease should have spread. Well, I'd say out of all the countries we've listed so far, bearing in mind the, the population density, they've probably managed it the best. And, and given, bearing in mind how close they are to, to China. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, I think that is one for when we're looking about the future and what we can do in the future. They're definitely one of the best ones to look at. Another good one to look at, which I've looked at uh, in my research is Germany. So this is Angela Merkel. Mm -hmm. And she, she said, it's serious, take it seriously. She did, so they did too. Testing began right from the get-go. Uh, Germany rum uh, jumped right over the phase of denial, anger, and dis disingenuousness, uh, which we've seen elsewhere. The country's numbers are far below its European neighbours, and their deaths are 2,673. I think that's a really good one to compare, to compare us to in the yeah, sense that... I think that's the best one to compare yeah, us to. Yeah, they've got a similar kind of, you know, culture, like way of society, way of life, and... Their population is so it's like twice the size of ours, I think, and they've had a third of the deaths, which is which says speaks for itself. Yeah, I think that's they they just she's been good at Merkel as well uh, for Germany, and I think I think she's she's going soon isn't she i'm not entirely sure on that but if she is then this is one of the last things she'll do and for sure i'm sure germany are yeah talk about going down in history like yeah. the last one we're going to talk about is i don't know if you can pronounce can you pronounce this one bar 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 mm, not sure you'll have to do that one uh, let's just call him johnson uh boris johnson himself uh, had coronavirus, as we know. He had a kid as well during the time, I guess. Uh, so in the UK, that's the, this is the UK. This is in England. Yeah. <clears throat> Forty-four thousand one hundred thirty-one people in the UK have died of the coronavirus, and as of lockdown, uh, and as lockdown measures are starting to ease in the UK, the general public are urged to stay alert and follow social distancing measures. Good strategy. Social distancing measures and staying alert. Um, I wouldn't say that the strategy is as severe as the issue. Well, we'll get into that. Um, I think after looking at all those different countries, there's three, let's say there's two main factors that I can see. Mm -hmm. The first one is population density. The second one is geographical location. Islands, apart from us, for which we'll discuss, have done better. They've got a natural border to inland countries. Counter argument for that would be Germany because they, they're generally landlocked. I think they are. So they don't have any ocean like on any side of them. And so what, why, what did we do wrong? Because we're an island and we've got the fourth highest amount of deaths in the world. That's if, that's if other countries that aren't as reliable are counting mm. their numbers correctly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's just go with that. The fourth most deaths in the world. Um, what did we do wrong? I think there's a few things. I think there's things we're right and things we're wrong. But in terms of things we're wrong, I think the 
testing was a huge problem. It just didn't come in soon enough. It still isn't even into the capacity that it that it should have been. Um, the you know the countries like you said Germany, the you know all these countries have sort of that was one of the first priorities they made, and it just wasn't for us. There was no ability to get tested. Even NHS staff were struggling to get tested. Never you know never mind the wider public. There was also a massive lack of PPE. Yeah, and I mean it's the whole, it's the whole argument that the scientists were saying is PPE that that important? Mm -hmm. Like, do we actually need to wear masks? And I mean, for them to then come out and say two weeks ago that masks must be worn on public transport by everyone, it completely shifted their mind. They needed to say that from the start. Yeah, I don't know why it took them so long for them to come to the conclusion that masks actually do help. Yeah, uh, I mean. They imported masks from Turkey. Did they import loads of masks? A lot, like millions of masks, and they were all shit, basically. So they didn't import. Yeah. Like I think we couldn't use any of those masks. So. I think it, you know it, a lot of mistakes been made, didn't there? Yeah, a lot of you know, there's a lot of slip. They have done good things, but the slip. It's inexcusable for a government. It's a team. Um, the most experienced leaders and scientists and you know politicians the most experienced of everyone in that field come together the, the i feel like the, the mistakes they've made aren't acceptable it, it's not it's not been you're right it's not been the worst country in the world but for them for that group of people to make those mistakes i just think is really bad and the influence they've led by as like personal as individuals do you feel let down yeah really I've not thought about that before. Hundred percent, I feel that down. I feel like I would like to be in that position. I'd like to be in the position where I've got all those people around me, and we'd sit at a table. What can we do? Here's a strategy. Why won't that strategy work? Yeah. That's basically what we're going to do later. A lot of the strategies but they've come not, up with. It's not two A-level students sat there. No, that's what they've I mean. They've got degrees. They've got experience. They are the most in this country. They are the most the best people supposedly to be doing it, and it's not, you know. It doesn't matter that, you know, some mistakes will be, you know, I understand that it's a new thing, they're not going to do everything perfectly, but a lot of the strategies they've come out with, literally immediately, you know, I don't know about you, but in our family we've gone, does that make sense? And, you know, straight away, yeah. everyone sort of, does that, doesn't that contradict what they, everything's contradictory or doesn't make a lot of sense. And for us to think that straight away or within 24 hours of them announcing it, they should have planned and thought of these things before. Right Prime Minister for the job? Um, <laughs> I don't know, to be honest, I don't know the answer to the question because... It's not the wrong Prime Minister for the job, I know that, because look at other world leaders and look at the catastrophe. He's not the worst he's, leader for the okay, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't yeah, say he's not I the mean, wrong he's one. not the worst one that we could, like, that we could have. We could have had... We could have had Trump. <laughs> exactly, we could have had our own. Yeah, I think. But out of the out of the, the the leaders we had for the elect in the election in December, you know, at the time, is he who I would have voted for? Possibly not. But is out of the choice we had, if if we knew this coronavirus was coming, it's who would you have, you know? It's not who you would have voted for in December. It's who you would have voted for in December, knowing this was coming. And that's interesting because I think I would have voted for two different people. I couldn't vote in December, but... 
I think it would have been two different votes for me. But you can, obviously it's really difficult. Well, when we talk about what the UK did well, mm-hmm. let's put, if we were to focus on Boris, I think he's got this ability to build a team spirit. He's on social media and he's, uh, he's te- you know, he's trying to get people to come together. You know, it's, we're a democracy at the end of the day. He cannot tell you to stay inside. They eventually had to start putting police like restraints and things in place where the police can get involved. But the main strategy was to get the British public to choose to stay at home, to look after each other, rather than say, you are staying at home because we're a democracy at the end of the day. You don't want to tell your people you're doing this, even if it is to protect them. I think he should have told people to, to start doing what they're told. But you, you don't want to be hated either. And it's a really fine line between telling the public what they need to do whilst not pissing them off because you don't want them to go, well, I'm not doing what, I'm, what you're telling me. Because 40% of the country voted, didn't vote for him or 40% of the voting public didn't vote for him. So for them to listen to him, I mean, it's hard. It's it, There's a fine line there between getting people on side, especially when you've got people who are against yeah. you just because of your political beliefs. I think that was part of the problem was that he was only elected in December. And I remember when I was watching the election campaigns and things, it was all from the Conservative Party was all so Brexit focused. And, you know, from the other parties, you know, I watched the majority of them. It was kind of, you know, there was a massive emphasis on Brexit, but it was kind of finding out what life will be like with them as leaders after Brexit or after the Brexit situation is over. And he was very much, you know, any question anyone asked about anything else, it was always led back to Brexit. And I remember thinking, what what is his plans after that? What is gonna, what is the world going to look like? And we left the EU on January the 31st and the first case of coronavirus came to the UK on January 31st and he was just so, I think, he was so distracted with Brexit and so focused on that, that was his main aim and it, so it should have been, a lot of people getting really impatient yeah. but as, as it's a lot for one man but the thing is you've got to remember it's not, the government isn't made of one man, there yeah. should have been a team of people well, focused on the what, coronavirus. That's why his job is so tough because he's the one that people are going to point the finger at unless you're educated enough to realize that the government is actually a group of people yeah. it's a table of people mm-hmm. a cabinet um i wouldn't want his job point the like, finger. yeah i mean i'd want his job just for the just for the fact that i could sit at the top of that table and i've got all these people experienced around me and you should be able to get the best amount of information just over a conversation out of these people and then be able to make such an educated decision from that mm-hmm. so I picture myself top of the table, all these people sat around me. Mm-hmm. This is completely new to most of them. They do not have the experience to share with me. There's one one group that I could sit here and blame more than Boris. And that's the scientists. He was only going off the scientific advice. So when people say should we have gone in we should have gone into lockdown sooner, which I agree with, I don't know if it's really the government or whether it's I mean, there's the health minister who's part of the government um but i think the scientists just needed to be they, they said they were waiting and you you stick with them don't you you say well i agree that 
we should have waited for the curve to start going up but I think the curve was already up it was invisible it was there the deaths just weren't the deaths followed two weeks later but mm. if Italy went into lockdown if we knew a hurricane was coming I've stolen this analogy if we knew a hurricane was coming we'd prepare for it but if we knew floods were coming we'd put up the flood defences why didn't we put up the defences when we knew this was coming mm. that's my question I agree with the analogy and but I, do, I don't blame the scientists I don't at all because I think you're right with when they were when they stand up at the the conference or whatever you know the daily press conference the scientists are saying the things like you know we're waiting and I think the main reason said for waiting which I found quite bizarre was that they thought the sooner they put us in that we just wouldn't listen that we would we would like disobey the rules and come out of it quickly you know we're the UK we want to go to pubs and stuff and I don't think that was I, I think you've got to remember that these, these people have all sat in the meeting before just because the scientists are saying it I don't know if those ideas did come from I don't know you, do, well, you don't know where it comes yeah. from do you? you can only go from what yeah. you've seen in the I think the scientists media. are more likely to be the ones that have said you know the facts this is when it's coming this is the amount of deaths I'm looking at look, this is the peak blah, blah blah and then the government around you know the government are the ones trying to protect the economy not the scientists and that was a like massive reason for not shutting down earlier to protect the economy, which it should be, it should be a priority. Well, that comes from it being a conservative government as well. Do you reckon if it was a Labour government, we'd be? We, if it was a Labour government, we'd be in a different now. position. But Do you reckon? I don't know. I'm not saying it would be a better it, or worse. No, but which would definitely different. be different. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I mean, the whole furlough scheme. Oh, I think it's amazing. That is. That's actually. That's probably one of the most left-wing decisions <laughs> yeah. from a right-wing government yeah. ever. Because it's they've just helped the people. I mean, we both got furloughed, didn't we? You yeah. got furloughed, so we can't. We can't complain. Yeah. I'll complain when I'm paying it off in a few years' time. I'm like, oh yeah. god, why, why am I paying two pound fifty for a chocolate bar in the shop yeah. because the tax is so high on everything? Yeah. But for, it has for the time being, it's had its. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't want to like sound um, like ignorant. Obviously, there were still people. You know, there were people who were just about getting by on 100% of their wage, and 80% really made pe made a lot of people struggle. But you know, and some people had to then try and take up second jobs, and then obviously there is a, such a limit on jobs. You know, it's all a difficult situation. But I think for what the government did with that was the best they could have done. The 80%, I think yeah, that was really, that was really probably good. the best. And it's always everyone's gonna. You I don't think know how big that pot is. You don't know how well, big no. that pot goes. But everyone's lost something in, the, in this like pandemic, whether it's a holiday or a family member or a job, whatever it is. And I think everyone's sort of got to take, you know, it just that that you know those people who have to take up second jobs or who are made redundant or whatever, that's not. I, I wouldn't blame that on the government, you know, completely. No. I would just I blame that on the situation. I think the furlough scheme was probably one of the best things they no, did. No, me too. Um, and the government grants as well for businesses that have just come out, uh, ten thousand pound grants, twenty and twenty five thousand pound grants for. Uh, I think pretty much every business, whether they're struggling or not, I think have got a right to the grant, um, which I think is good. And that is obviously more of a conservative mm. idea with it being business based. Um, let's, so what you say, everybody's lost somebody or every, lost not ev everybody's lost something, whether it's a person, whether it's a holiday, have people forgotten? 
people are going back to normal. We go, we go out on the roads, the roads are busy. The, the shops are busy. Mm. I the don't think the beaches are, are busy. The beaches are ridiculous. I don't think people, I, would, I don't think the people, I don't think they've forgotten, I don't think the people are to blame for all the going out and the, the, you know, I think there's a small minority that have just gone, do you know what, like, forget it, I don't care. There is a minority of people that do think that. But I think a lot of people who are going to the beaches and things, you know, the at the moment the government are allowing pubs, allowing beaches, and although I'm choosing not to go to the pub or the beach or any of these kind of high-risk places, if that's allowed, why, why you know, why wouldn't you? Apart from that, you know, I don't want to because I feel like it's still risky, but by the government allowing that, I don't think it's the people's fault to no. then go and cram it and cram in and no, you know. but I mean, yeah, there's been uh, when I see somebody in the shops wearing a mask, they might be old or they might just be they might be any age really. If they're wearing a mask, I'll keep my distance from them because mm. that why wearing that mask it's showing everybody that they still care for their own safety. Well, the masses protect other people, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, essentially. Than, but it's showing that they Not still have the awareness. Not everybody's educated on that, though. Are yeah, they, so. it's, it, they should be. That's another point that is. No, it's not. Be. It's same with Brexit. People, when it came to the Brexit vote, people weren't educated on what they were voting no. for. So, yeah, the government do need to, as a whole, need to get better at educating the people on the decisions that they are making. Part of me thinks that's a that's an active choice, though, not to put all the information oh, out 100%, there. hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to speak to Brad in a bit, and I think his his uh, answer to the selfish question will be very different. He's been quite vocal, any on social media about yeah. about. I, I would agree with him. I think it is wrong. I what do people, agree with him. What yeah. people are doing in in what sense? Just the beat, the beat, that picture of the beach. Yeah. So, do you think so? Say. But who, which person's fault is it? Because you could equal, you could go to the beach, not realise it was going to be like, you know, turn up, and then you turn away when it's a certain amount. You know, at what point of busyness do you then turn away? Because you're allowed to go, everyone has the right to be at the yeah, beach. Yeah, of course they do. So that's because what they I feel like. It's not whether they've got the right, they don't care. They're not scared yeah. of this anymore. Yeah. I, I just think like the government should, should, be. Be should have regulated all along how many people at the beaches or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, did we start lockdown too late? Uh, for this, I've got uh, Italy started on the 9th of March. That's what I was going to say. We were two weeks behind them. We got our first case the day after or the day before they got their first case of coronavirus. Did we? We Yeah, our first cases were literally a day apart. Well, it comes back to that hurricane analogy. And they locked down two weeks before. If the hurricane's coming, we should have been locking down, ready for it, preparing yeah. for it. Mm -hmm. So I think... That is why the numbers were so high because I remember, I remember dri I was driving somewhere, I don't remember where it was, but on the radio they had the coronavirus news on yeah. and they made uh, a state, the, one of the, the news basically said um, somebody in Salford has now been diagnosed or tested positive with the coronavirus, which now means that there is somebody in every county across the UK with the disease. For me, that then that how so that's more than just one person in every county. Mm -hmm. It's an invisible killer. There's people in every county, and they've travelled from county to county. There's a it's spread right. It's mm -hmm. it's done the damage. So that makes me question whether is it a pop is it population control? Have governments purposely not protected their people? 
I don't think so. I mean, I it, you know, I'm not a very kind of conspiracy-driven person. I don't, I don't look for the alternative thing. I don't often believe the alternative, you know, reasons behind things. So it's not. I, I kind of haven't questioned it, and I don't think it. I think it's genuine. You know, I think obviously they talked about herd immunity, which is fair enough. You know, but I don't think they've tried. I don't think it's population control trying to kill off some of the population. Uh, I mean, it's just an interesting yeah, talking interesting point because I think conspiracy. they could have done better. That's the, that's why it makes you think, is it a conspiracy? Because they should have done better. They, not that they should have done, but they could have. I just think it's about priorities. The priorities were not in the right... It was no. Their priorities with the economy, yeah. which is about having a conservative government, isn't it? It's I suppose. I suppose. I mean, I think the reason we've reopened is because of the economy. 100%. They made it out like they were on their knees, like and to be edge fair, of recession sort of. Well, and thing. to be fair, the, you know, a lot of biz- I know, you know, a lot of my my where my friends work and you know their their workplaces were on the brink on the brink of you know closing down or redundancy yeah. and things. It was getting to the point where things did need to start reopening. Um, I don't know whether it should have been more phased or I don't know. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I think in the future something needs to change realistically. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, going back onto what the UK did right, I think there was definitely, it was definitely a good strategy to build that morale. I felt like there was, at the start, there was such team effort to stay inside, stay at home, stay alert, protect the NHS. They were the that was the slogan essentially for the coronavirus. They created a slogan for it, and at every press conference, you'd see on the front of the uh, pedestal that yeah. stand up and talk on. That slogan was always there. Yeah. It was always uh, prominent. Every speech that Boris did, that it was slogan always, was really good. I thought it was really good, and I feel like people got on board. The clap, the clap for the NHS. The first few times that that happened, I don't know if your street was as lively as mine, but my street yeah. sort of woke up to that. Like even with VE Day. Everybody was out keeping the distance from what I from what I saw anyway. I mean, I haven't seen pictures online. I'm sure somebody could prove me wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, keeping the distance, community spirit, and just you know, we've been able to talk. Everybody's been talking like we've got Zoom. It's oh, been, been really the good. center of the conversation mm-hmm. for the full three months that it's been yeah. in lockdown and before. Well, it's really interesting because um, my auntie was saying the day that this is the first thing we've that's new for all of us. You know, my, my you know normally everything I'm going through now as I grow up, my parents or grandparents have all gone through before and we can all, they can offer me advice, we can talk about, but this is the first thing that's new to everybody. Yeah. I'm not sure about the, the clap. I don't know. I think, the, I remember the first time I went out and did the clap and it was like my street was really lively with it as well. And I thought, I remember I got like a little like, you said you felt, felt quite like emotional yeah. about it as well. And I did. It was nice. It, it was, was sweet. really like, you know, it was, it was, I think for me it was more of a like, wow, this is really happening. You know, this is a really big thing. It's the whole of our street. And, um, but I don't know, I didn't, I wasn't convinced that I felt that it supported the NHS in the way that I would have like I would have preferred I don't I don't know the clap felt a bit kind of I don't know it just felt a bit is that what they need that if they're going out there they're literally it's such a risk I felt scared going to the shops they're going to these hospitals every day with not enough PPE 
you know, and what they really they didn't need a clap. They needed they a. They needed a. I mean, a, a, Brad put on his story about when when he when he saw that picture of them all on the beach. He put on his story about your clap. He said your claps me meant nothing. Yeah, exactly. Because people are just. I not think you're right. The, the claps mean mean a lot. But that comes from back the to people. the questions link in because people have forgotten. It's so frustrating, especially mm. working. And you see, see my the work's people. not been my, no. you know, you, you I think you, we'll see di- we see different things, but in the coming yeah. weeks, your your work will start to reboot again, and I'm sure you'll see more people come in and like yeah. Um, all right, so that's brought us to the end of part one. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a break and we're going to refresh, and then we'll come back and we're going to hear what you guys have to say out in public and online. Um, then we're going to discuss the. Uh, strategies that our government put in place to try and prevent the coronavirus and we're going to evaluate that we're going to put forward some of our own strategies and we're going to evaluate that um so that'll bring us to a conclusion hopefully we might not come to a conclusion it's a very broad topic but uh that's all to come after the break however during the break Danica's going to tell us about a brand that she's been working with um, this isn't a sponsored video, uh, but the company is a really good company from what you say. Uh, and Danica is a proud ambassador, so take a listen and we will be right back after this break. So I've just joined an amazing brand called Tropic, which is primarily a skincare brand. It's 100% pure plant extracts, completely vegan and cruelty free. Also, every £50 purchase funds a school day in countries such as Cambodia and Nepal for children who wouldn't otherwise have education. Um, so I think it's just a really great cause and a really lovely company and I'm just really enjoying, really excited to work for them. Alright, so we're back. Before the break, we discussed the facts and the scale and scope of the coronavirus and how it's affected all these other countries and how they've dealt with it. Uh, we also discussed whether it was a good approach or not and answered loads of questions surrounding how society has coped and dealt with the coronavirus. So me and Danica have sat here for about 50 minutes now and had our say, but now it's time for you to have your say. So we went out in public to ask the random people on the street what they thought of the situation. So we're now in town, uh, we're about to get out and go into the centre where we're going to ask a load of people the questions I want to ask them. It is raining however, so I don't know how many people are going to uh, actually stop and want to talk to us whilst it's raining. Uh, but yeah. Let's go. Alright, before anybody says anything, I know the audio on this segment is particularly rubbish. I don't really want to scrap the segment because I still want to let like the public have their say. I thought it was interesting what people had to say. So uh, just bear with it this time and I promise I will get the audio fixed for the next time. So just wondering whether the UK did a good job at dealing with the coronavirus. Uh, yes or no? Yes. Economically. No. The health side of the mixed messages. Did we handle it well as a country, as the people? Did we handle this situation correctly? People, I guess, it was kind of just more, everyone was acting like we kind of sorted it well, but no one really did. Yeah. Everyone was going against the guidelines and being all secret about it, but then no one really did anything. 
to the curb. Well, we were out of town today. Yeah, I do you think so? I think people have some responsibility that we should take into account. Will there be a second wave? 
hope not. Um, maybe, you never know, but I hope there won't be because, like, all the mum and dad are in a care home and we've not been able to see them, like, for months, have we, and stuff, so, but they've done an amazing job, they've, and to blame the care homes recently was an absolute disgrace because they kept them all safe and looked after them and worked really hard, and we, we would never think of blaming them, you know, because they didn't even have any deaths in their care homes because they were fan, they were absolutely fantastic. Depends who you ask, it depends where you are, for uh, how big are we talking of second wave? Like as big as the first big as the first, yeah, good plan. No, I, I would I would hate to think that there would be another, but I just think with how everything's gone down, just not everyone's that stupid. No, it's difficult to call it a second wave. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. if everyone keeps to the proportions, we won't have a second wave. And I refuse to believe that everyone is that stupid. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people, don't get me wrong, I can see that, but everyone... I'll be working customer service and like, it's not... Yeah. It's not people aren't doing one at all. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if it's going to It's just disappointing. It is disappointing. It really is. Especially when we're all sat here trying to like, do what we're told, yeah. I think it's always going to be inevitable uh, because of flu season. So the flu is not going to get the coronavirus. It's going to get you over the winter. Um, so I think we'd be stupid almost a little bit if we didn't think there was going to be another flu or some description. It would be a shame if there was. No, it would be. Uh, most definitely. I think we will really be back in lockdown in the winter, really. Yeah, wow. that's interesting. Not many people think we're back into lockdown. I'm not surprised at that, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I think all those people think we're going to get away. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll definitely be one. Maybe, yeah. I think the 
I think yeah, the Phillips scheme is really good because you've got Phillips yeah. in yeah, right. and that was really good. Yeah. And I think also the NHS, but that was right before the couple have come in and they tried to like, like squash it, and now like not charging the NHS, giving them more wages and stuff, and charging them car parking and stuff. It's absolutely disgrace. We need to, we need to congratulate them. 100%. Yeah. So the clap was a good idea. Yeah, the clap was a good idea, but also give them a wage increase as well. Yeah. And that's all okay. It's not just NHS. Alright, brilliant. Okay. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Alright, so we've just been out in public to ask the public what they thought of the whole coronavirus situation. Uh, we're going back now. Uh, it's raining, so not many people wanted to stop, and not everybody wanted to be on camera. We're probably not in the best location for it, so next time we'll probably go like to a city centre somewhere. Uh, but yeah, it went all right. We didn't get that many opinions. I did ask a lot of people and I asked a range of people as well, but they weren't that interested. Uh, so yeah, we're going to go back now and that's it. Good. All right, so now that we've seen what people out on the street have got to say, I put out an Instagram poll, um, which we will be doing for every topic. So if you'd like to have your say, make sure you go follow me on Instagram. It'll come up on the screen now and it'll also be uh, as a link in the description. So what I'm going to do is we're going to have a look at what the polls are saying about this topic. Uh, the first one we've got is, uh, did the UK handle COVID-19 well slash correctly? What do you think? What, what? Did uh, we handle it well? It's like we said before, I think there's, there was elements that they handled well, elements they handled badly, but overall, if from you what had to vote yes about, or no. No. Wait, did they handle it well? No, yeah, no. No, okay, I'm not sure how I vote. I think for a first time ever to be put in this position, I think they didn't do terribly. I don't. I can tell you what I think I'd do, but I can't say I'd do it for certain. We so were warned I, I was probably about vote. the pandemic. Yeah, They we should were. have had these they preparations were, in place. But anyway, go on, what did I you say? I agree, we were, we were warned. Uh, I would probably vote yes for that one. The poll, said 67% of people said yes. They did handle it well. We handled it well. 33% of people actually said no. That's an interesting one. That is, I wouldn't have expected that. I, I thought, didn't Especially that. because your following is primarily our age. Yeah. You would have, I would expect the, the majority of our age would say they didn't handle it well. I don't think they did. And, like, I, I don't think, think there's things they could have done better, for sure. <laughs> it's hard to, it's a hard yes or no question. Mm. Okay, so the next one we've got is uh, will there be a second wave? I don't, I haven't, I don't know. I mean, they, they said, some people have said this is the second wave. The, the numbers are, you know, the, the R number was above one in London again a couple of days ago. It's just not as, um, the media is portraying it as big as obviously the first one. So if this is the second wave, but if in terms of another massive thing like before, I don't think there will be. No. I just think it will be like this. So what would you vote, yes or no? Yeah. I would vote yeah. Yeah. When you look, when you look at, if you look at history, especially the Spanish flu, which the first wave was around the same time as now, yeah. and then in the October, the second wave actually came back and hit harder than the first. Yeah. So if we're looking at history, and what history's got to say about it, history says you're screwed. Prepare for the second wave, yeah. and I think we should. Uh, and so does Instagram apparently, because uh, will there be a second wave? 70% of people believe that there's going to be a second wave. 142 people have seen that as well. There's about 60 to 70 people voted. Um, so we've got a, we've got a nice amount of... It's not just our, my age range either. I've got... 
yeah younger people and slightly older people on there as well so and family who are older um okay so next should lockdown have begun earlier yeah do you reckon no question okay obviously i'm gonna say yeah as well but what like we knew this vote was going to be obviously people are going to say yes to no how much do you think it is yes to no Percentage-wise, I about like eight, at least eighty-five percent. Eighty-five percent, yes. Yeah. We had eighty-eight percent yes and twelve percent no. Yeah. Same question, sort really, uh, just flipped. Uh, should lockdown have been lifted earlier? No. No. Should we still be in lockdown now? In my, it, for me, I'm still in. Like we're still in lockdown. Well, yeah, slightly. So, it, I mean, it's not, it's we, not officially been It's no, lifted. but should it be, should, it, should the restrictions have been eased earlier? No, I think, I think the restrictions have been done at a good time, easing. Yeah, I think, I mean, it feels so fast, though. It does feel fast. It should have, it's made more phased, but in, in general. It, everything, they just said open. It's and not everything's perfect. just open. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it's, um, you know, gyms, gyms and stuff. People are saying, well, if restaurants can open, why can't gyms open? But it's just common sense and gyms, everyone's sweating, exhaling and inhaling more. It's like, yeah, 100%. I think they've done it all right. That one was 10% yes, we should have lifted earlier. Really? 90% no. Okay. Which is such a landslide. Um, Next one. Um, Is there a next one? I think that's that's it for the polls. But I asked uh, what did the UK do right? And some of the responses, because we discussed this earlier, these are the same questions we've already discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked what did the UK do right? And some of the responses I got was, I think we did the best we could in an unknown situation, mm-hmm. which is why I think most people have probably voted, yes, we did well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, nothing, mm-hmm. literally nothing. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I think people have the right to feel like that because a lot of these people will have, like, a lot of people will have lost, you know, I have several family members who've had it, so I think a lot of people will have lost family members, lost friends and things. I think as soon as one person, just well, in the exactly. whole country, it's a failure. Yeah. But in the same sense, it is a disease. It's going to do, it's yeah. going to disease away, if you like. It's yeah. going to do its natural course, mm-hmm. its natural selection, and it's very hard to stop. It's like getting in the way of God, really. Like, I don't believe in God, but it's hard to stop. It's just, you want to see some effort. Mm -hmm. And I think when people say nothing, it's because they they haven't seen an effort. Yeah. Um, We've got uh, lockdown measures uh, once we actually started. So. Yeah. Okay. um, They're easing things at a decent pace. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but, decent pace uh, not it, perfect pace it's not perfect it needed to be it needs to be slower i think yeah uh, we've got another person that says absolutely nothing nothing in bold caps fair very very <laughs> i mean like I, I was saying to you in the break that my thing is my opinion the the only thing they've done really well is the furlough scheme i yeah, wouldn't I say there's really much else well for me got, someone said the furlough scheme on here yeah uh the whole stay at home thing was done correctly mm-hmm. 
I think so. And it definitely was like a team spirit, like we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be, no matter what, people who go against it. Oh yeah, of course. But I don't think. I think it was a man. That was never going to be a one. I mean, that for me, that could have been 100. percent um, Yes, we should have gone into lockdown earlier. Yeah. I thought that was going to be pretty yeah. close to 100. percent But there's always going to be somebody that disagrees. Yeah. Um, there was pressure, but they done a good enough job uh, to put the to put as least pressure on the NHS. See, I think they did because they never said we're going to try and reduce the deaths as much. But it's like a knock-on effect by taking the pressure off the NHS, they can cope with more people, which reduces the number of deaths. So the strategy was to take the pressure off the NHS by keeping people inside and delaying them from catching the disease. You're not going to yeah. stop it from spreading necessarily. It is a nat- it's natural selection at the end of the day. You're yeah. not going to stop it. But what you can reduce is the number of deaths by upping the quality of the healthcare. I do, I do think, I think the, the, it was good because the NHS never got really overwhelmed. Like it has in some countries, like Italy. But, you know, in terms of, I don't think there was enough support for the NHS from directly from the government in terms of, not enough ventilators, not enough PPA. Yeah, they need, they not enough that support. support. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think nurses are paid enough, but that's another story. Yeah, well, you know, that's, just, that's just for another day. <laughs> yeah, just in terms of, yeah, direct Link support. in the description to the next <laughs> For like a year in the future when we get around to making that one. <laughs> um, the government have been okay-ish, uh, haha, but the public have been awful. What do you think? I don't know. I'd agree. I think the public, because now I work in customer service yeah. where I'm seeing easily 200, 300 people a shift, maybe more. It's, yeah. it's, I can't actually tell. There's a lot of people that go through yeah. that store. Um, so, and I think the vast majority of them have been awful. They've been worse really? after lockdown. Yeah, no, been, for sure. The, tr- the way they treat the staff, the way they feel entitled, like they have a right to be there yeah we don't i mean we're open because we need to make money essentially yeah. it's a business it needs to run. it's new for it's new for we're the not staff. open everyone's gonna make mistakes but we're telling people to leave essentially mm-hmm. because it the, the safety of the public and for the co-work is is more important than somebody getting some food so and when they when they turn around and they're just awful i can't i can't stand it i don't mind if they're awful to me because i can take it i'll, mm-hmm. I'll absorb it um, but it's when they're awful to other people. It makes you feel awkward stuff there. It's not. It's not right, is it? Like a grown man having a go at like because we work the, where I work. There's a lot of young people. Yeah. If she's a sixteen-year-old girl and she's like four yeah. foot five, it's hard enough for her to tell you to leave the store. Yeah. It's hard enough for me to do it, and some of it, some of them are new starters that just started just before lockdown. And there they have to go out and tell these people that they need to leave the store because the queue's too big. Um, So the furlough scheme, we discussed that. Uh, What we did, right lockdown. Yeah, I think there's a a case study with one of the earliest ever diseases in America where one state locked down and the other state went ahead and had a parade and the death rate wasn't the same it wasn't that. It wasn't as distant as you'd expect it to be because one lockdown and the other one went and had a parade. But the graph for the one that went and had a parade literally goes like that, and all their deaths happen in this area of time. The other one looks like that. So they talk about flattening the curve, mm-hmm. which is the term we've heard a lot about. Mm-hmm. 
and um, that's basically what lockdown is. That's what quarant like quarantining yourself is, is mm -hmm. to flatten that curve. But the deaths go on for ages. It could be over now. Yeah. According to the studies, lockdown, everything could be over now. We could have just literally let natural selection take its course. All those people would have died. More people would have died without a shadow of a doubt. And the public would be scared. You don't want to like have, you don't want your public to be scared to live in the country that they live mm -hmm. in. So anyway, um, now the last question I asked um, you guys on social media is what did the country, what did the UK do wrong? So we've got not closing the borders slash not making those who came into the UK quarantine. I 100% agree with that. Um, the borders should have been shut from day dot, really. Anybody that's English or anybody that lives in the UK, come back. We need you back as soon as you can, really. We're going to start, we're going to test everybody on entry. That should have just been, you know, there's a way of testing somebody to see if they've got the disease. There might not be a cure, but at least we've got the technology to be able to say you've got the disease, even when the symptoms aren't showing themselves. Yeah. You can get a blood test and it will tell you whether mm -hmm. it's... Just test everybody. I don't see the harm in it. Yeah. Um, started too late. Uh, right thing to do, just at the wrong time. Yeah, okay. Uh, lockdown should have never happened. It should have being optional for those who felt vulnerable. Choice, I'm actually thinking about this. It sounds it sounds like strange because we've not heard that approach before. But by going out, you're not just putting yourself at risk, you're putting obviously the whole point is that you're putting other people at risk because you're one of these spreaders, you know, you could have it without knowing, without getting symptoms. But then the only people you're putting at risk is the people who also feel like they okay, they're okay to go out, if you know what I mean. Yeah. If ever, if the people yeah, who don't want to do it stay inside, so I see where they're coming from. But I feel like that's more of an approach for like now. You know, now that's what people are doing. I'm staying in. I would still see it as selfish because all those people that are going out who mm. don't care, mm -hmm. which there's a vast majority of. Yeah. I'd say it's more than fifty percent. Um, are spreading the are still passing the disease amongst them, and what that then means is the people that are staying at home. Who, because they are worried about their safety. Have to stay home longer. They have to stay home longer because that disease is going to float about for yeah. a lot longer. It could stay around for a full year. And also, there's the people who are working in, you know, in the shops and the supermarkets don't who choice. don't have a choice. So yeah. I don't, I don't agree. I can, I see the point. Like, I see the point. I just yeah. don't. I think, yeah. Um, sending us out this early, opening pubs, which is going to be a problem because it's going to put more stress on the NHS due to people getting drunk and being irresponsible. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I, I would. Because if from the beginning, staying in wasn't just like we said then, to protect everyone from the virus. It was also to limit the other things people are going into A&E for. You know, no one's going to be at trampoline parks now because they're short, so there's going to be less injuries there. Or, you know, yeah. injuries anywhere. No one's going out doing all these things. Well, that was only going to intensify. If the disease got worse, more people got, like, got the disease. Yeah. That's exactly what they were going to do. Yeah. It was going to be shutting down everything. We'll get into that when we look at the strategies, yeah. but there's there's more that they were going to do, more things they were going to put in place, but they just held off because the numbers started to get yeah. better. But if those numbers got worse, we were looking at a serious lockdown, like a complete lockdown of the country, yeah. um, which we'll get into in a bit, which is quite interesting to see the extent they take the country to, yeah. to protect the people, which is good. It's a good thing, but mm. we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, they let it come into the country 
I mean, yeah, that's it true. Was, I, I think it was always going to come in. I don't think they could have. I don't think it was their fault it came in. As even no, as an island, it, it was always going to happen. I just, I think that it seemed it all went so really, really fast in terms of from, our third member, <laughs> our third guest. Um, it all went so fast in terms of when the first cases came in. I, I mean, I was abroad when the first cases arrived in the UK. Yeah. And then all of a sudden within like so quickly those cases multiplied and it could have been managed better i think yeah as soon as you get that first case it yeah. needs to be action yeah and the, the argument is they did try but well, we'll go into the solutions right after this yeah. and that will explain why they did what they did and i mean what they did the like the thing is you're right they predicted a pandemic for this year and they were prepared just not enough they had a scheme, it's called the, the phase, like we heard a lot about it, the delay phase yeah. and the contain phase, but there's more phases and we'll get into that. They never went into it. I don't think you were prepared enough for the, for the, for all the, you know, all the, the, the smaller aspects that affected, you know, smaller people. The failure yeah. scheme was great, it was just they come up with that, but, you know, other little things. Yeah, well, like, were, in, like, sole traders, things yeah, like that. Yeah, they weren't prepared for that. Yeah. Initial testing needed doing. Oh, 100%, I think that was the biggest failure. I mean, it's a temperature check. Um, I want to go to Alton Towers, the temperature checking people on the thing. Yeah. I've been checking up on it because I really want to go to Alton Towers. Mm -hmm. And uh, 37.5 degrees, your body temperature. If your body temperature is above that, they're not going to let you in. That's a normal body temperature, really. Bodies, the body sits about 36 degrees. I don't know how much it takes for yeah, your body to go up. It's t if it's literally like a degree, like half a degree off, something's not right. Oh, okay. So 37.5 is quite oh, high. Oh, is it? Okay. All right. I just wasn't sure. Yeah. It doesn't sound high. No, yeah. It doesn't. No, but Especially it is. when 37 is the norm. Like 36, 36.5. Yeah. It's like internal body temperature, not like your skin to touch kind of thing. Um, and then uh, to get through the times, so the wrong, we, I, I I'm guessing what, what Brad means by that is we didn't have enough to get us through. Like, it's been, some people have been very lonely. Yeah. Some people have been struggling to keep themselves entertained. Like Brad also made another statement on this question. Um, the news spreading fear, uh, constant draining news, and people not following the rules, plus a lack of support. And I'd agree with that. I think the news have spread fear. I think there's been constant draining news. It's so people have been tuning into the news to look at the death count. So the news have gone. Let's show the death count every single day. I, I stopped looking at it because it's just yeah. not necessary to see that number go up every. It's 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 just not nice to watch a number like that go yeah. up and for it to be shoved in your face the way that the news have. Yeah, you see, I I stopped in like within a week of lockdown. I stopped watching the news. I just you know maybe at the end of every night or even every couple of days or whatever, I'll just sort of check up on what's going on. We in our house we just stopped putting it on because it was repetitive. Same thing it every is, day. It is the same thing, and the number goes up, and it's. I think really it, it does have to be said, you know. But um, the, yeah, it's a difficult one. Um, anyway, so those last two are from Brad, who is a good mate of ours, uh, but on social media he's been quite vocal about the whole situation. He's got some strong beliefs and strong views, especially about the public. Um, so what we're going to do is I'm going to go and do a phone interview with Brad and we're going to stick that segment in now. Um, so this is my phone interview with Brad. Hello. Hiya. Hi Brad. Hi. You okay? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Um, how's your lockdown going? Uh, not going to lie, it, it is pretty boring. It is pretty boring, isn't it? It's not to do. You know what you need? Yeah, you need a yeah, you need a podcast that keep that'll keep your interest. That'll uh, you know give you something to do. I, I stand by that. That's, I, I think I do. I think that's exactly what I need. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so I won't keep you too long because uh, me and Danica have already waffled on for ages. Um, my my opinions in that section really. So I just want to hear your opinion because you've been quite vocal right. on social media um, and right. stuff. So I just want to know how you feel about the whole situation. So I'll give you two questions that you can sort of come back to answer whilst telling me exactly how you feel. And the first one is how you think we've done during uh, the lockdown as a country, as a government. Um, You can talk about other countries if you want to. uh, But yeah, that's the first question. And the second question is how you feel about the general public and uh, whether you think that they've helped the situation or whether they've made the situation worse whether you think they followed the rules um yeah so let's just hear your let's just hear what you've got to say about it uh, okay um so i'm gonna say that i think personally i know a lot of people have uh, criticized the government i don't think they took all the right steps except the victims but um i think in general we've never had anything like this before happen um, so I think that the government have done what they had to do with the time they've been given. It's, um, don't forget, our country is very um, heavily focused on economy and money. Um, and so I think the reason that we were a bit later than most countries at locking down was due to the fact that at the end of the day, this lockdown is only going to impact us. So I think they had the right intentions. I think it came across that he didn't care, but I think there was a bit of them that were reluctant to do that because of the economy. Yeah. Um, and we have seen a bit of a crash. Do you, think, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you think they should have not cared about the economy and cared more about the lives of the people in the country? <sighs> or do you think I there mean, was a fine line and they got it, they got it quite close? I don't think anyone at the time in the early stages of this pandemic knew how bad it would be and that how many deaths there would be. There was no estimating how many people would die. The government had to do it, know it um, based on the severity of the infection rate, I'm guessing. Um, so I think it wasn't a case of they didn't know how many people would die, so I don't think I mean, it was that. I think they don't want people to die because at the end of the day, that's just... I think they knew it was bad. They had predictions that it was going to be bad. Um, scientists were saying that we'd be lucky to get 20,000 deaths, and obviously it's double that now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think they knew that the deaths were going to come. I, when, you say, when you say that's the reason they delayed um, for the economy, I don't know if I can agree with you on that point. I think they, they might have done. Uh, but I also think the scientists told them to wait until... Because they were trying to flatten the curve. Yeah, I'll put that in quotation yeah. marks. So, you know, essentially, they were waiting for the peak to start before they went into lockdown. And I think yeah. uh, what actually happened there was they didn't realise we were already in the peak whilst they were waiting for the peak to 
uh, actually happen. I think a lot of people had this disease when they didn't even know they had the disease. So the peak was occurring whilst they still saw that it wasn't. So yeah, I mean, I'd like to think that that's the case because this the if they were to put people's lives over like oh underneath the economy, I think that's quite disappointing. Yeah. I think yeah, I definitely think lives should have been prioritised. I think um, it's disrespectful to people who've been working for this country for many years to feel like they've not been looked after during a very stressful time in the probably their lives, probably their whole lifetime. Hmm. Definitely. Would you say that there is de- uh, enough people out there that feel let down and disappointed? Um, by the government? Yeah, by their approach. Yes, definitely. There's, there's definitely been a lot of criticism. How would you uh, feel about it? Would I you... remember, I actually really embarrassingly tried to contact Boris Johnson. <laughs> I went to lockdown country before it happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, I think they've been given a lot of criticism. However, I think once we come into lockdown, they did the right thing. Um, but I feel like they've completely lost control at the minute. <laughs> Especially over the people. Yeah, the people have gave up. Um, I mean, I I saw that, I saw that picture that you put on your story about uh, all the people at the beach. Uh, it became quite oh yeah a well spread image. I mean, yeah. you're not happy about that, are you? Uh, not necessarily. No. Um, I think I'm happy with people going out. I'm not happy with. I mean, if you see, if you went to the beach and it was that full, surely in your mind you, you must be thinking maybe today's not the right day. Yeah. 100%. Not, okay, right. Let's just go then. Oh, do I, don't know. I think some people, some people are very, uh, very stuck in the ways, and they won't back down if it's this virus. But sometimes you've got to give into it as well and say, listen, like today is not the right day. It's very hot. There's still a pandemic. Maybe we should go home and come back another day. <laughs> yeah, I mean the problem is there needs to be somebody there to regulate that because. People don't regulate themselves. Like a lot of people, I don't think care. Say fifty percent, fifty fifty, fifty percent are worried, fifty percent are cracking on with life. Yeah. That's normal. And honestly, I don't know which side I take. Oh, hundred percent. Oh yeah. Our government have been mugs really to the people to the people yeah. that are just walking around and uh, now like private parties and stuff and yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a bit embarrassing actually. I think. It is embarrassing um, as a country. So yeah, so not happy then. 
I think, to sum it up, I'm more disappointed in the way that the public, the general public, have handled it. I think I had to come off social media. Now, I've never had to come off social media, but I've had to come off social media for a, a while, a few weeks back. Um, just because of how grave some of these comments were, it was almost like there was a fight every day. And there, there was, no one was right. No one was right. No, it's hard to know who's right. You can't really blame anybody either because it's it's so it's no one's ever experienced it before. So unless you were to handle it catastrophically wrong, it's hard to blame people because mistakes can be made. I think trying to uplift the spirits of the country has been appalling. I think it's even people on Facebook it's awfully negative. Yeah, I I struggle to read some of the comments sometimes. It's like there's no optimism in your life anymore. It's quite it's quite sad. Um, I feel like we've all hit a stage like that at the minute. Um, however, I think now everything's starting to relax a lot more. I definitely don't know what the future will be. Um, but I can say that I, I, at the minute, I'm happier with the way it is because I get to be safe and still have a bit of my life back, which a lot of people have been waiting for for a long time. It's been, what, four months? Yeah, about that. Which is a very, very long just, time to stop your life. But I feel like there's still people that need to take precaution, um, especially the vulnerable. I definitely think that social distancing with friends should go on. Yeah. And family, whenever yeah, you can. I think it's just to, I mean, at the end of the day, we've minimised contact, close contact with people from probably around about, in college, probably around about like 400 people a day, close contact. Oh, yeah. Them, yeah, it was. So around about, to run about 10 a day, maybe, yeah, at, yeah. at tops. Mark, yeah. So it's like, that is definitely the reason that this, I don't think it will spike, because I feel like we haven't got the third bit of it yet. What, so you think, I I you think it's coming again, second wave? No. You don't? don't you know, really? I, I feel like it's just, I think it's just going to waver up and down, because as soon as the government sees it, it's going to go up. But like, the, like the drop down less, so it's just going to, it's just going to be an ongoing cycle. Do you I, don't think gonna, I don't think it's ever going to and then come back up in the second wave. I just, I think it's just going to pass its course throughout this year. I think we just got to stay safe and watch ourselves. And as long as you take like measures, you're going to be fine. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, you heard it there, guys. Make sure you do stay safe and socially distance from Brad. Uh, yeah, that, is that anything else you'd like to say? Perfect. Brilliant. Nice message, yeah. Brad. Make sure you listen to that because it is important to remain positive. Uh, thank you uh, for talking, Brad. It's been interesting right. having another opinion, another side of the argument. Uh, I'm going to go yeah. back to uh, our conversation uh, with me and Danica. So let's go back to that. Cheers, Brad. Right, so now we're on to some more controversial questions. So we'll be careful on how they an- how we answer them, but we're asking them, I mean, for a number of reasons, entertainment purposes, but also because they're quite interesting topics to cover. So has the media made the situation worse? Uh, 
I think for the most part, no. And there have been, you know, so it, it depends what type of media, obviously, me, there's so much media that's biased and whatever, but yeah. it, for, the, for the majority of my answer would be no. See, I think every news outlet has done, has done apocalypse news. That's, that's the technical term for it. Yeah. Um, they've all had these ridiculous headlines mm -hmm. that have made the public panic. And I mean, it leads to what we saw at the start. Like, so I've got a quote here from the Sunday Times. The 38 d days where Britain sleeped, slept, sleptwalked. That's not right either. <laughs> sleepwalked into disaster. So the 38 days when Britain sleepwalked into disaster. That's the Sunday Times. It's making the situation look quite bad. That's one of the, the mild ones. And, you know, that's then caused more problems because we've got stupid headlines like, this is one of the worst ones, popping out to buy milk might prove as deadly as driving on Kabul's most suicide bombed road. That makes the public anxious and that causes put, uh, that panic buying. Mm. that we saw at the start, irrational behaviour um, and I mean that suited the news quite well because then they had another story to cover. They had uh, in quotation marks, panic by Britain was one of the headlines. So I think it's interesting to note when, like we don't know, but when these headlines were written, because this has happened over three months, longer now, and at the start people were naturally worried and scared and anxious. So those headlines would not have been helpful at all. These are all from, from the, start. the start of lockdown. Because towards the end now, I think we need, we still need more of that, not to that extent, no, but you know, we, we need this, the sort of sh shocking, scary-ish headlines because people aren't anxious enough now. I don't think people are just becoming complacent. Like we were saying before, have people forgotten? We, we need some- We need them to be reminded really. And the media headline, yeah. So the media, well, there you go then. So the media should really be doing a job. The media's essential, the, the job of the media is to oppose the government yeah. so that we've got this debate going on. If the government do something wrong, the media hold them accountable. Yeah. I mean, it tends to be vice versa now because the government will say, well, the media is doing all this. Mm. And, um, I mean, to talk about the positives of the media, I feel like they're not the only headlines. We have had headlines to keep people's spirits up, their support from the media on key workers has been pretty phenomenal. They're definitely in favour of the key workers and you know they've got a hard job to do. So making sure that they keep their spirits up, keep their head held high is very important. And the media, I think to, they've never, they're not really slated. I've not seen a headline where they've slated key workers. Why would you? It's, I mean, you'd be pretty much burying yourself. Mm. Um, for me, people weren't panicking at first and that could also be the media's fault, but that sort of contradicts them with those sort of headlines. Like you said, there's a vast amount of media, all of them have done this apocalypse news and they've all contradicted each other and themselves because they'll do a headline like that one day and then another journalist within the same uh, paper, the same news outlet will, oh, it's not that bad. No. So it's just confused, it's confused society but we need that we also need such a broad opinion 
Yeah. We don't want one man's opinion. No. We, we want that. We want to pick and choose. So I think the media has made the situation worse, but I also think they've made the situation better. I think, I think they've made it more worse than they have made it better. I think their like, yeah. their intervention has made like they would have been better sticking at staying out of it. But I don't think the panic stemmed from the media. I think the panic stemmed from being such a new thing. But you're right. I don't think the media. No, I don't think they helped, especially not, especially with that headline popping out to buy me that might prove is deadly is driving on Kabul's most suicide bombed road. I'm sure it will. I've never I've never had anybody try to suicide bomb me whilst I'm on the way to the supermarket mm -hmm. but I don't want to jinx it so um yeah is it all a conspiracy did somebody plant it I mean there's a few conspiracies going around you know there's the one of it just doesn't exist there is no coronavirus which I just think is a load of rubbish um the dying from exactly um but in terms of was it planted, again, I'm not really a conspiracy-driven person. I don't think so. My mum and dad taught, when, it, when I ran that question past my mum and dad, they said to me, have you heard the one about Huawei? Mm. The whole, they, they started it so everybody would be stuck inside whilst they tested 5G. Yeah. What? It's just a little what, bit. I mean, the, the British government, it's really recent this as time, as we're filming the podcast, the British government have just pulled out of the Huawei 5G deal. And now I'm like, is it a conspiracy? <laughs> Why have they pulled out of the deal? It's probably because they don't want China to have so much control over yeah. the country, more likely. But And then the last controversial question I've got for you is, are China to blame? I mean, Donald Trump would definitely say China are to blame. Would you like me to take this one for a minute? Because it's hard to answer. Yeah, without go on. I, I feel like I have an answer, but... I think you need to start. split... China can be split into two parts. It can be split into a lot of parts, but let's just split it into two parts for now. The government and the people. Mm -hmm. Because it was communist. Pretty well, still communist, really. Um, that's how you separate the country, really. The people and the government... The people haven't done anything wrong. All this online racism that popped up when, I mean, they're not even Chinese. They might be of Chinese, like, origin, or I'm not sure, I don't want, I want to be correct in what I'm saying, but, like, they weren't born in China. They haven't, like, that was so ridiculous. That really wound me up. Um, but even the people who do live in China, they're not to blame. No. The Chinese government, on the other hand, as we know, have done time after time, the most horrific thing, things, whether it was on purpose, by accident, I mean, those camps. I don't wanna, I don't wanna get like, like sniper, yeah. sniper shot or something, but yeah, those camps aren't great, are they? They've just proven to the rest of the world that they're not a very ethical company. Mm -hmm. Time after time after time again, they do not look after their people. There's no food in the country. I can't blame people for eating bats when they're starving to death. I don't even think people. I think. I know it's part of the culture as well. No, but I don't think. The, I don't think it came from someone eating the bat. Oh yeah, that's didn't another. Strat, yeah, that's it's another. another I think that's another media thing. I think didn't it? So the a bat and it transmitted to another animal and they ate. It did come from a food market. Oh yeah, but, but not that's a bat. what coronaviruses are. They just pass yeah, from one thing. So to it another. passed to another species. Like with swine it? flu, humans could never get the swine flu, yeah. but somebody fed chicken or a bird or something to a pig. Mm -hmm. Inside the pig, it mutated, and then from the pig it mutates into humans, so it literally just goes through. So yeah, it might have started as a bat. They found 
the they found this coronavirus, the one that's killing killing all these people now. They found that a couple of years ago in a cave in China because there's a team who actually go out. I've, I know this all this because there's a series on Netflix called Explained, and they've done one on the coronavirus. So if anybody wants to take a look at that, and you know, you can edu educate yeah, yourself that. further. It's actually very interesting. But yeah, this team, their job is to catch the bats and to rate the diseases that they're carrying right. on how serious they could be. Two, I think it, was, it might have been quite a few years ago, I can't tell you, I feel like it's two, but it's probably more, that, uh, or so years ago, they actually rated the coronavirus a two out of 10, 10 being the most dangerous. But that's because it mutated. It's not the same coronavirus disease that they found in that cave. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not that deadly. Mm which is up for debate, but the reason it's been able to spread so far is because it's not so deadly. It can pass on to somebody else before it kills that person. With like Ebola and SARS and MERS, they were literally killing the person before they had time to pass mm -hmm. it on. So that that's more explained in, the, in that uh, short documentary on Netflix as well. Um, so let's move on to some strategies and I mean this might be me talking for quite a while now So we'll just try and break it up with conversation uh, One so we've got in the UK we had this is a direct quote from gov.co.uk Which is our government's website um, Our response to COVID-19 is guided by the international situation the advice of organizations such as the World Health Organization So that's one player in the whole in, in this all, in our decision-making process for how we're going to tackle it. Um, surveillance and then data modelling based on the best available evidence and recommendations of our expert bodies. So our country is taking advice from a global, like a global advice giver, essentially. That's what yeah. they are. So that's one player. The scientific advisory group for emergencies, which is better known as SAGE, provides expert medical scientific advice. I think that's more specific to us on a national scale. I think that's us, that is English, that's UK. They always refer to SAGE. And I think they failed. They failed us, I think. It's controversial, but they referred to SAGE all the time. And they never, I don't know what they did. It's the same thing with what I was saying before about the behind closed doors. I don't know. We don't know. But we don't know how much they've told them and how much they're following. We, let's discuss what we do know because yeah. we've both done the research. Let's pretend like we've both spent hours making sure that what we say is as close to correct as we can. This is not just come, this has come from gov.co.uk. Um, but yeah. Then finally, uh, the four UK government. Uh, chief medical officers or CMOs continue to advise the health and social care systems across the UK and, gov and government agencies in all parts of the UK involved in responding to this outbreak. So there's the third party, the chief medical officers. So you've got a couple of people making decisions on how we should respond to the disease, right? They came up with, as well as the, with the government, this phase response. I will, I've found the easiest way to pack this down. So I will talk about it. Please just bear with us for a minute whilst I discuss the phase response. 
a lot of people will recognize these first two phases which were terms used very early on in the in the process the contain phase the contain phase was aimed to catch cases early and trace the contacts of people who were in contact uh, with the people who had been tested positive to prevent further spread of the disease why were we deal deal dallying about with the contain phase my opinion we should have just gone straight to the delay phase which is what's next which i can discuss now um when containment didn't work and cases rose drastically we entered the delay phase which we are still in now this means the government would ramp up the effort to, de to delay the disease, reducing the pressure and strain on our National Health Service. Why wasn't that done from the start? That is something that could have been done. Why didn't they just mix the two phases? They could have done that whilst still trying to catch the cases early. Maybe they didn't want to start public alarm or whatever, but the media did a good enough job of that. Uh, Boris Johnson stated that anyone with symptoms would have to remain home for up to seven days. Now that's 14 days, I think. Um, School trips abroad should be stopped and over, over people over 70 with serious health conditions not to go on cruises. This soon uh, intensified with schools shutting, large-scale gatherings such as festivals to be cancelled and the government using people, uh, urging people to work from home where possible. Eventually this led up to the government imposing lockdown on the 23rd of March. We've probably discussed it. They should have gone into lockdown earlier. That's what could be improved about those two phases. And I don't see why they couldn't do that one whilst doing that one. Or why why couldn't they start this one at the same time as... So why couldn't they start the delay phase as at the same time as the contained phase? Yeah, I think the phases were a bit of a... A bit... I think now they've got this scale of one, is it one to five or one to four, you know, where mm. we're at in the, that's a lot better. I think the public needs something simple of literally, you know, the, on those, on that scale, they have the number and then exactly what it means about the virus. That just seems a bit confusing. Like you say, there's grey, grey area in between all phases. You can't, I don't think there is a moving from one phase to the other because there is a grey area, like you say. I think it's too, it's, it seems like they're trying to do something there, it's, trying to come up with a plan. It's, it's like just, a film. It's literally like yeah. we are entering the contained yeah. phase. We are entering the delay phase. And when, when the start of the discussion for the delay phase came up, everyone's like, we need to enter the delay phase. We need to enter. Yeah. It was literally just a concept, really. Mm -hmm. um, no, I agree. It was just a plan. And they should have just been in, implementing the, the plan. I don't understand why they had to enter the delay phase to start these things. Why not just start them? Yeah, it should have been away. a rough guide, like you say. The they stuck to that phase yeah. strategy way too much, in my yeah. opinion. There is another two phases which we haven't seen and hopefully won't because it means that the situation would have to intensify for us to move on to these. Um, the research phase, which I think is poorly named because they are doing research now, but we are not in the research phase. If the situation continues to get worse, then the government will intensify the focus on finding out more about the, uh, about the virus and, uh, and how it spreads. Uh, and those that are already infected, we're going to look at the best way to treat them. So far, the government has invested over 40 million in trying to find a vaccine, which is undergoing clinical testing and is still a couple months off. So, we're not in the research phase, but what I said about them merging the phases, like imagine them, imagine them waiting. Oh no, we're not in the we're not in the research phase yet. Yes, we, we can't, can't do we research. Can't, we can't start doing the vaccine. That's basically what they did in the contain phase mm -hmm. about the delay phase. Thank God that they've started looking for a vaccine, imagine. And I mean, clinical testing is quite 
they're quite far down the line, so that's not too bad. Um, there's nothing really to complain at with that one. Research was probably being done from the second it. It was being done before the virus. They, they knew it was coming. The research was yeah. done, they just chose to ignore it. Um, finally, phase four is to mitigate. If this phase was to be implemented, it would imply that the government believe that this is the worst case scenario. The strategy includes reducing the police and only dealing with the most serious crimes. The NHS could be closed to all but critical care and retired staff could be called back to duty. This stage aims to ensure that the most vulnerable people are protected and health workers are supported with the in inevitable surge in the demand. It's pretty serious. Mm. That's, that's what was coming if the numbers kept rising. One day, let's hope to God, but that could be, that could have to be implemented. The streets would be mad. Yeah. Because there's no way they can reduce the police. And if they said on national television we're reducing the police, some people would be like, oh, brilliant. They're reducing the police, I can take advantage. So, I mean, they'd have to do it discreetly. And maybe that's why we haven't heard so much about that phase. But, um, yeah. Moving on to the final questions, which is to do with all that information. Do you think that the strategy has worked? I mean, I do. Like I said, I don't think the the contained, like all the phases thing, was really ne maybe it's necessary for them dramatic. to have a rough I get, I, I, I get idea. But I don't think I think we need that one, two, three, four, five. It needs to be simplified down for yeah, us. Especially. That we didn't need all that. Um, did it work? I mean, it's like it's just like did they do did they do well and did they do did they not? They, yeah, in it's some the aspects, same sort it of did. Question, yeah. isn't it really? What could we suggest to make it better? Like, look I, at I, other countries first and foremost. Yeah. The ones that have done well, the ones that have done wrong. What can we do right in the future? What yeah. can we change? I think I, I was thinking this, you know, it's so easy for me, you know, I'll watch these announcements and I'll, me and my parents will be talking about it and I'll criticise everything they're doing, you know, I'll be like, oh, why are they doing that? That doesn't make sense. And then I'll be thinking, well, I should, should I, you know, if I couldn't do any better, but it's not my job to do better, it's their job. Yeah. You know, it's not our job to think of, ways they could have done it better i mean at the moment it's our job to sit here and try and inform anybody that's watching of everything like try and give them the best scope of what's gone on i mean we are giving opinions but we're trying to do it as unbiasedly as we can it's mm -hmm. really hard to be unbiased but um <laughs> to do better you can always do better let's face it and I would hope that if this ever happened again, it would be a lot. It would be a lot better. A lot There's better. Like with technology nowadays, should the disease not even should should that disease be allowed to even transfer? Like they're in that cave trying to find out diseases that could wipe out humanity. Mm. I mean, the fact of the matter is, there will never be a disease that wipes out humanity. Scientists said it's not possible because there's always going to be a line where it's like it either kills people too quickly so they can't pass it on so then it creates a barrier and the rest of the people live or it spreads like the coronavirus has but it doesn't kill as many people because yeah. it doesn't kill as many people it can spread mm. i mean if coronavirus say was a conspiracy and somebody's got a finger on a button everybody gets infected across the world and when they hit that button the disease kills everybody then it could kill somebody but no one's going to do that I mean, unless it is. Where's the sniper shot? Like, watch out, we're giving away secrets here. 
Uh, but yeah. Um, finally, just to conclude, we had a look at all of the countries at the start. Which country should we take the most, like, inspiration from, I guess, in our future development? In terms of leadership, I think that Denmark, that, um, you know, the Frederiksen, um, did really well at leading. I say Germany also did very well. Germany was like amazing. In terms of the testing, Germany was amazing. One thing that we could discuss is whether women world leaders did better. Mm. It's definitely a point for discussion, but I don't think it bodes very well for men when you've got Donald Trump. Because there's no way I'm going to say that. There's not a lot of fair competition. For the whole of white men, am I? Yeah, I think obviously, like you can't not mention Taiwan as well. Taiwan, I mean, they've done a good job, haven't they? Let's face it. Yeah. Um, and I think we learn just as much from the countries that failed as yeah, and our mistakes 100%. as the ones who didn't. Hundred percent. Yeah, and they were ready. They were told that you need to be ready, and they were like, "Well, let's get ready then." Yeah, it hit so, us fairly late in comparison I think, to other places. I think we got unlucky as well, though. I do think we got unlucky because our population is so big compared with... It's still twice the size of uh, Taiwan's population, but their population density is so big that we can't really say. Or There's not a counter-argument against Taiwan. They're an island, just like us. Their population's half of ours, but their country's probably about half the size of ours. And their population density is three times larger than ours. We have no excuse. If they can do it, so can we. And I think future strategies need to include having stronger control of the borders, stopping people at the borders, testing every single person that comes in, um, cancel your holidays. You, you can't go out unless you unless you're not planning to come back in for the next three months um it just needed to be strict i think i don't mind because i discussed about them it has to become quite like a dictatorship for them Mm -hmm. to and they don't want to do that because we are a democracy we're proud to be a democracy and it is it's force in really but i don't mind that i was going to save lives yeah, I think they just have to do what they can to protect the people who want to be safe. Yeah, absolutely. And there's going to be people who don't listen to it and they have to... There are people that don't care. Um, I've purposely avoided talking about the Black Lives Matter protests, which do tie in with this because yeah. they were protesting. I'm going to leave that one. Um, I'm quite happy to discuss it. And if anybody who is still watching this or listening, hopefully you are... Uh, would find that an interesting topic of conversation, then we will be sure to return to discuss that. It definitely does tie in with the lockdown situation, but I have purposely left that out just for now because there's so much other things to talk about. And our primary question that we're trying to answer, which is the last thing I will ask to conclude, did the UK handle it well? No. No? I'm gonna say yes, because it's the first time. Next time, there's no excuses. Okay, mm-hmm. that's our conclusion. So that's 50-50 split. So that's good. Half people might agree with you. In fact, what was it like 70% of people? Should agree well, with me? Maybe, that's, maybe, that's maybe that's opinions have changed small, after yeah, today. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we can have given you some scope of the whole thing. And you're like, wow, 
that was a lot of information to take in. So that is it for the first ever topical podcast. I hope you did enjoy it. Um, remember uh, that we've got loads more things to talk about. If you ever want to DM me with topics or a topic that I've just discussed, I'd absolutely love to discuss it more in detail with people on uh, Instagram. Is probably the best one for me to DM me on there. My Instagram will be uh, in a in the description as a link as well as Danica's and uh, the topical or the uh, topical <laughs> tropical the tropic tropic the tropic um, Instagram that Danica's setting up. Uh, is a good brand so make sure you go and check that out uh, as well as go and check out my uh, the rest of my main channel where I'm making short films and shortly uh, vlogs as well as loads of filmmaking stuff which is also what I'm into and that pretty much sums it up for this video uh, so thank you to Danica for coming on the podcast we have tried to remain socially distanced this entire time yeah. <laughs> so hopefully you've taken that into account uh, yeah, very proud and very happy to finish that podcast. So thank you to everybody that's listened to this point and uh, I will see you or we might see you again uh, hopefully very soon. Thank you very much for watching and that is it for today.